What is up, good people? Great to have you with us here on More Football. That's right, only two more weeks of the NFL regular season left, and that's where we're bringing you some hot fire today, okay? Vox Lombardi, Richard Johnson, I'm Adam Amberg. We got lots of great football to get into, including which teams need to step up right now, both in the AFC and the NFC. But first and foremost, Richard right now is in New York City. I'm here in North Jersey. Rich, we are bracing ourselves for a winter storm, nor'easter. Now, I know the Canadians watching are going, oh, big deal. Six inches of snow, but a foot of snow. Rich, we haven't had a foot of snow in this area in four years. Are you prepared? Are you excited? Where is your head at mentally right now? I'm absolutely shaken. I mean, you guys know I'm a Florida guy. I've been up here for a few years, but that doesn't mean I'm used to this. I, I'm quaking in my boots right now. I'm not going outside <laughs> for the next 36 hours. <laughs> There's terrifying predictions right now, Vach. Have you ever shoveled snow? You're a guy down south. Have you ever had to deal with snow? He don't know. I was born and raised. I was born and raised in Mississippi. I currently live in Texas. I know nothing of this snow <laughs> that you guys talk about. It's about fifty-five degrees Fahrenheit because I know we got a Canadian audience or whatever. So, so hey, it's 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 pretty. Uh, it's not hot. It's not cold, but it's warm. I'm not concerned about the weather at all. I'm chilling. I want to do some more football. I'm worried about my fantasy football team in the playoffs. <laughs> I got a team good enough to whoop Wesley Chang if you oh. want those problems. Yeah, I just wanna. I just wanna. I just wanna talk some ball, man. Let's do it. Vach, Listen, I know Vach, it's. I'm in a two-week title game starting starting on Sunday, buddy. Okay. 55 Fahrenheit. We're looking at about plus 16 Celsius. When Wesley Chang gets called out in the first segment, you know it's Steven Sahoyos. We're coming for you, too. Check out the lineup for all your fancy football needs. Let's kick it off. First off, Browns and Ravens. Watch. Game of the year, okay? Forget about just Monday night or the year. Game of the year. I know if you're a fan of defensive football, you're going, game of the year. Are you kidding? Neither of these teams can make a stop. But Baker Mayfield, we've called him out. He was able to rise the challenge, and Lamar just would not be denied. And listen, he did not have to have big passing yards. It was all about running with the football, making plays. And as far as Justin Tucker is concerned, that I was like, if they get it to 65 yards, this guy's going hit to the, hit the ball. He obviously is the most accurate field goal kicker in NFL history, 90.8%. Just your thoughts, Vox, on the fact the Ravens pull out a win and what felt like in a lot of ways a must win for them. You know, it's interesting the Ravens won the game, but I came away more impressed with the Browns. I learned a lot more about them. I'm like, hey, like they're finally a playoff team now. And I understand that I've come on this show and said a lot of mean things about the Browns, and I refuse to say nice things even if they've won football games. But this was the type of performance. I'm saying nice things. This was the type of, you know, like I'm on your side now. Like I think that they put the league on notice. You don't want to see those guys in the postseason. I don't know if we're going to be here, but you don't want to see those dudes, right? So something that I noticed, right, just a very interesting thing that I noticed at the handshake after the game, right, Lamar Jackson was bouncing around. He felt good. But Baker Mayfield was exhausted. He was just mentally drained. Now, part of that was Jackson winning. But what I think happened here, I think the Browns learned what a heavyweight fight feels like. You know, if 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 Jackson and the Ravens, they've been in the playoffs, they've been fighting with Pittsburgh just just since 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 forever really but the browns don't really have that experience yet and when we talk about playoff teams experience and those heavyweight fights matter so now when you get into the playoffs the browns know what that feels like even if you look at the last drive right the browns it was like a minute or so left and it's like they were rushing to go get that touchdown now if you're an experienced big fight team you go hey man maybe we don't need to give the ball to lamar jackson with a whole minute left and they can win with a you know field goal maybe we had a little more patience we'll slow the game down a little bit I I think the Browns learned so much. I mean, the the Ravens were impressive on offense. You know, Jackson came in. He made the, you know, game winner, whatever. But you don't want to see the Browns in the playoffs, dude. 
No, sir, you do not. And I, like, I think what was so unique about this game was the Browns proving it when they were. I'm, I'm not going to sure. I'm not going to say they were expected to win, right? But they were expected to compete, right? They were expected to equip themselves well. They needed to, honestly, for anybody to take them seriously for, to make some noise in January. I think that last year, the last two years with Odell and everybody else, it was sort of like. Oh, like, you know, it, it, it didn't work last year, obviously. And Baker's first year uh, coming in off the bench after that uh, incredible Jets Thursday night game, it was like, oh, we're just happy to be here, right? We're happy to be having fun playing football and winning football games. But this is the year, even with the new coach at Stefanski, that they were expected to sort of kick on and be a serious threat if they were going to ever do it. Um, and we saw on Monday night that, yeah, man, they can hang. They can hang pretty seriously. I, I thought one of the, the most fun parts of the game were some of the two-point conversion decisions that were made. Uh, both of these teams were going for it in a, in a modern fashion, even though it looked throwbacky, so to speak, uh, with the fact that they were running for so many touchdowns and stuff like that. This was sort of a modern iteration of what where the NFL is going, where the NFL is at right now uh, with some of the game management decisions made late on in the game that maybe, you know, they're small, maybe you don't recognize. And, and Lamar Jackson has his Willis Reed moment coming out of the locker room or the bathroom, depending on if you believe him, uh, to, to come in and win the game. I mean, it, it had everything. It, it is, for my money, the best regular season game probably since that Monday nighter that we had Chiefs and Rams a few years ago. Yeah, who does number two work for? A lot of talk about Lamar Jackson after the game. <laughs> but first pair of teams in NFL history to have four-plus rushing touchdowns in the same game. To go back to your point, Vach, it's kind of like the original Rocky. Like, people forget Rocky Balboa loses the fight, but Sylvester Stallone comes out the winner because he went the distance and he's got Adrian and all the rest of it. I felt the same way as you with the Browns. Like, up until two weeks ago, I said, okay, they've got a great running game and an excellent defense, but I don't believe Baker Mayfield, and I think eventually Cleveland's going to Cleveland. Now, I'm like, you know what? They took every punch and counterpunched. Um, I do think Jarvis Landry had a great game, certainly at the wide receiver position, which I hadn't seen from him in the past. And now I'm like, you know what? If Cleveland, again, I don't really care as much about a home field advantage because the fact we're not going to have fans anyways. But now, if you told me before, I'm like, Cleveland's an easy out. Now, considering the issues Pittsburgh's having, considering the fact the AFC North is opening up a little bit, like it's not inconceivable. Cleveland could be a really tough out come playoff time. I mean, they were the favorite technically, but looking at the game, the optics of it, the feel of it, you know, it it was still kind of Ravens big brothery, right? So just think about if the Browns would have won that game. It would have been a very Disney World celebration type of thing. It would have, hey, we won our Super Bowl, but we didn't really get any lessons. I'm willing to bet you coming that close to really beating Big Brother on primetime football, I bet they went back and they watched the film. They obsessed over it. I bet they've been having good, good, good practices because all they want to do is find a way to get back at the Ravens. And Lamar, and just to lose that game on Jackson coming back being Superman. And look, he can hop on the social media and say that, you know, that's not what he was doing in the locker room. But listen, man, cramps come in all different shapes, sizes, and colors. And cramps in the bathroom are a real thing, too, fam. So I just want to say that. But, um, <laughs> I just think that the Browns are going to be obsessed with this, man. They're going to hate this loss, and it sucks. And to be fair, they're only one game behind Pittsburgh anyway. So will they see the Ravens again in the postseason? I mean, that's up to the Ravens, but I think the the, uh, the Browns desperately want that game. Yeah, I, I think there's another kind of element here when you're talking about, you know, home field advantage and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think I see it with the Bills too, man. It stinks that both of these places, you know, Orchard Park and, and Cleveland aren't rocking, right? Could you imagine 
what that stadium would have been like with 65,000 people in it on Monday night. God, that would have been fun. That's one of the the, the bittersweet things, I think, about this season and, and some of the teams that are sort of rising right now uh, in 2020. Uh, especially those two fan bases. You're right, Richard. Buffalo, Rich Stadium. I mean, by the way, weather was like unseasonably warm. Normally you think of December weather, cold, snowing. Those fans are so loyal, so proud, so passionate. And the dog pound, obviously, Cleveland football fans would beat up so much. I agree. Those fan bases in particular, you can only imagine how fun those fan bases would be. But let's transition to talk about Pittsburgh. I don't think there's ever been a team that's 11-2 and two that the three of us could be more skeptical about. You watch that football team the last couple of weeks and you go, I never thought I'd say this with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Think about this. They can't run the football. Their offensive line is underwhelming. Ben Roethlisberger just dinks and dunks and throws slant passes until the days come on. Like it's, there's only so much that Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool can do when you're not going to throw the ball down the field. Pittsburgh, for an 11-2 and team, I'm stunned at how vulnerable they look right now. Yeah, this is why Mike Tomlin deserves Coach of the Year honors again for limping this team to respectability. They are structurally broken. I think it starts at quarterback. Ben's time has passed. It's okay to acknowledge it. You are building an offense around him that cannot push the ball down the field. You can't protect him in the run game. If I'm Pittsburgh... Man, that really limits what I can do. That defense is a lot of fun, but it's starting to get banged up, particularly up front. You're losing guys. You're losing some of the teeth of that defense. Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, it's tough to imagine this team making a serious run. Will they probably win on Wild Card Weekend because it's the Steelers? Yeah, probably. But as far as who can challenge the Chiefs in the AFC, I don't know if it's going to be the Steelers. You play 16 games for a reason. Like, there's a reason why this long game, why this is sort of an endurance test, right? And here's a return of a word that I've just brought to this show, this old man armness, right? So Ben Roethlisberger can look good for six or so games. I mean, he 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 had a whole season off last year. So if he's going to come back now, he looks a bit refreshed, but it gets more and more to the, you know, towards the end of the season. And Ben is forced to throw the ball 50 times a game because there is no run game. Then, of course, Ben Roethlisberger is going to look a little worse than what he did at first. You know, like you said, the run game is non-existent. And if you were leaning on defense, that's cool. But you can even make the argument that most of that pass rush comes from the Pittsburgh Steelers winning, you know, uh, like, you know, winning in the second half, being up in these games, being in front. Right. So, you know, if you're in these close games now, you don't get to pass rush as much and you're having injuries on that defense. And of course, you're going to look a little different. So I'm not that excited about the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore. So much change between this week and how I felt in week five. But it is what it is. I feel now about the Browns, the way that we felt about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's see what the, you know. Postseason can hold. Okay, now that I feel like you're going really wild here, Vach, how about this? Do you believe more in the Browns than the Steelers? Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because look, let me tell you why. Because the Browns have an identity. And it seems like they can live amongst their identity. Hey, look, we're going to run the football. If we can get a good passing game out of Baker, good luck to you. You know what I mean? And the defense isn't going to be fantastic. I mean, they got some names, but they are hurt. But if we could just get a couple stops, if we can get you to punt the ball a few times, you might be in trouble, right? The Pittsburgh team, like, what's their identity now? You know, once upon a time, it used to be, hey, we're just going to get the ball to Deontay. We're going to get the ball to Chase. We're going to get it to Juju. If they're not doing that now, and if that defense isn't what it once was a couple weeks ago, then the Pittsburgh don't have an identity that you have faith in. The Browns do. So I feel more confident in the Browns than Pittsburgh. I, I think you don't want to be shackled to 
the past because the past is the past. Who is the present? Who is the future? Uh, you have to interface with what these two teams are right now this season after most of the season of, uh, to fully form themselves. Uh, and, and as far as sort of prognosticating it, who's hot, who, who looks like they, they can really make some hay in January, it, it is the Browns over the Steelers. Uh, it's crazy to think about. That's why the alarm bells are siren right now. When you look at teams you believe in, though, this is another interesting argument. So in the AFC right now, it's going to be a challenge for some of these teams to make the playoffs. We talked about this a few weeks ago, right? They had that glut of six and three teams. So the Raiders look like they're on the outside looking in. They fire their defensive coordinator. Okay, cool. Now you got three teams right now in the AFC. I think all of these three these teams, teams excuse me, make the playoffs. Bills, Colts, and Titans. I think one of those teams... Well, I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East. I think one of those teams wins the AFC South. And the other team is a wild card team. But Richard, of those three teams, of the Bills, they had a big win, obviously, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Josh Allen played well. Their defense is really good. They've got playmakers, not just Stephon Diggs, but Cole Beasley. I like Devin Singletary coming out of the backfield. Colts, we've talked before, great defense, not as concerned about the offense. And with the Titans, Derrick Henry, obviously, is the best running back in football right now. The guy is just just, just steamrolling teams in opposition at will. So of those three teams, Bills, Colts, Titans, which one do you believe the most? You know, it's tough. I, I want to say Bills, but I, I think some of my recency bias of seeing the Titans over the last few weeks in big spots, you know, I, I kind of want to take the Titans. And I know the result against the Browns was not good, not good at all. Uh, but I, I don't know. There's something about the Titans – ability to be sort of multiple on offense it's it's not just i mean those guys are absolute home run threats and and with henry obviously as this this finesse linebacker you know i don't really this dancing bear of a running back uh, i really like what the titans are doing uh, you know maybe the bills are a better team but when i sort of when i sort of think who can who can stick with the chiefs i think the ability for the titans to run the ball against a chiefs defense that look isn't really great uh, stopping the run. Uh, I think I like the Titans in a, in a mythical game in January. We'll see. That I've been wrong before. I think it's going to come down to who can do what they do best, who's going to be consistent, right? So if we know anything about the Bills, I mean, they can be really great on offense. Like Diggs is incredible. Let's just get that right. Um, Gabriel Davis, the rookie, coming on up. Cole Beasley, sure. When everything goes right, it goes right. But that's if it goes right. And I would say that the Titans are consistently handing the ball to Derrick Henry 28 times. They're consistently getting Brown involved. They're getting Davis involved whenever they can, you know. So it's just which team is going to do what they do what they do best more often and more consistently. And I think that's the uh, that's the Titans. Plus, in this time of year, I think the Titans are the more tough team, right? So sometimes it just comes down to toughness. So uh, I'm definitely going Titans there. All right. Thumbs up on the Titans, the Bills. Thumbs down on the Colts, at least when it comes to which of these three teams we're believing in the most. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. To zone. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN.
Here's another reason why I'm an idiot. Back in week five, I said, Russell Wilson's the MVP. That's not going to change. Now, granted, other people were agreeing with me. Russell the Muscle was 5-0 to start the season since came back down to earth. But as Richard pointed out a few weeks ago, how is Mahomes not the MVP? And now you know what? Let's go another layer. How is Aaron Rodgers not the MVP? The statistical comparison with him and Mahomes is fascinating. If you go to DAZN, there's a really excellent piece that I voiced. It's not excellent because of me. I'm just saying it's excellent because the numbers you put together. Mahomes versus Rodgers, how close this MVP race is. Vach, old man Rodgers at 37 years of age is putting together arguably the best statistical season of his career. He's already won MVP twice. And how about this stat? He's got more touchdown passes with 39 than J.K. Scott has punts with 38 this year. The Packers, I know their defense is a little bit concerning, but just strictly Rodgers and his excellence. I feel like, Vosh, we haven't talked enough about Rodgers and the Packers this year. He's been top tier. He's been really, really good. And him and Devontae Adams have just been setting everything ablaze. Uh, so good for them. Uh, Aaron Jones in the run game, all that good stuff. Like they're so good on offense. I don't really have a good idea about what they are on defense, right? Because it just seems like game script is so different when, okay, there's their, their points on the board. There are more points on the board. There's more points. Like the one game where they didn't really put up points early was when Rich's Jaguars were kind of in that fight with them. And I was excited because of Tankathon stuff. But then Aaron Rodgers came back to do Aaron Rodgers things. And I think the only reason he's not in this, you know, conversation for real, for real is because Pat Mahomes exists. And MVP is more than just numbers. It's about, you know, it's a popularity thing. It's about moments that you make. And Pat Mahomes makes these cool little moments to where we can just tweet them all over the place. And I think the Packers haven't had as many um, primetime games as the uh Chief, so that might be a thing to do with it, but it's not because Aaron Rodgers is a scrub or anything. I just think that we're seeing him a lot less. Yeah, I, I think the the Packers are really fun to sort of look at on a two year progression because you are you're seeing what Matt Lafleur wants on offense, and hey, credit to it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks fully in control here. And when Aaron Rodgers is in control, when Aaron Rodgers is comfortable, when Aaron Rodgers is just out there slinging it. I mean, there's really only a quarterback or two that I think make the game look more appealing and look better at the quarterback position. But one of them is number 15 in Kansas City. So we've got to interface with that fact. But no, the, the Packers, hey, 1C Packers. Let's talk about it. So I got a question now, right? So are we getting this because, like, like, why are we getting this? Is it because Aaron Rodgers has just found some groove? Is it because him and the head coach aren't sending hateful emails to each other? Or is it because the organization decided to draft a quarterback in the first round and maybe there's a chip on the shoulder now? I don't know. You know, whatever you got to do to find a way to get your guy motivated, do it. And if that's the case, then I can see some other teams drafting quarterbacks in the first round just to get their old man quarterback motivated to come win some ball games. It's interesting if you if you think about why Aaron Rodgers is who he is, because he's always been who he is. He doesn't have old man arms. I mean, we wouldn't say that he's gotten bad or like super declined. It's just something he's not clicking or him and his coaching staff. I can see these other problems, right? But if you think about why you know you know he's so good now opposed to last year you just think about you know the mess and the bad times that he was having yeah it's interesting Rogers, especially when you look at this Packers team right now it's like how'd they get better from a season ago and you look coming into the season at least the division you go all right Vikings look pretty good they've obviously been a disappointment they may still make the playoffs but they're six and seven we'll talk more about that game against the Bears later on Bears have obviously been a disappointment Green Bay, like you said, Rich, if they're the number one seed, again, I know it's different with fans, but it's still freaking cold at Lambeau it's, Field. If, it's still if, freezing. If the, right, right. If the road to the Super Bowl is going through Lambeau, I, I like the Packers a lot more than I like the Saints, wouldn't you? 
And this is why the Saints doing this Taysom Hill stuff was wasted time because you 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 sort of lessened your margin for error in the four games that Drew Brees has been out by not putting James Winston in, who gives your offense a different dimension. Yes, it didn't matter against the Falcons. It didn't matter against the Broncos without a quarterback, but it mattered against the Eagles, <laughs> Adnan's Eagles, who, you know, try as they might, found a way to get it done on Sunday. So now the Saints are staring down the barrel of potentially not having the one seed, which means if it comes down to it, a Drew Brees with arm strength that the three of us don't love may have to go on the road to Lambeau in January on the frozen tundra when it's zero degrees. I don't like their chances in that. Absolutely, man. Drew Brees. Uh, so I'm not saying Drew Brees is a bad quarterback or anything. Like he does, no, he has no. things that he's good at. You know, he's still placement guy. He's still timing guy. He knows that offense like the back of his hand. Sure, cool, whatever. He's not going to turn the ball over. But I will say that you should have been taking these three games to prep Jameis for the playoffs. I think Jameis will probably give you a better chance. I think Taysom Hill will probably give you a better chance. Not that Breeze is bad, but at least we know that, okay, with Taysom in the run game, da-da-da, we can get Alvin going, we can do these things. We may be more efficient as offense. Maybe we could do more things. Uh, if anybody's upset, it's Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas has missed out on a gang of that past year, right? So, And I think if with a guy like Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas can be back in that conversation possibly different possibly you know uh more downfield a little bit you know so i mean i don't think that the saints are going to be in this conversation very long um but you know we'll we'll see what happens drew Brees could just come back with this time off and be superman like lamar jackson was he's not going to be superman right but no he's not <laughs> but but we'll see what happens go ahead you guys are talking with Taysom Hill and running quarterbacks. How about jalen hurts i mean doug peterson finally realized hmm i have a terrible passing offense but I can actually run the football. And now I've got a quarterback. Listen, Wentz is mobile, but Jalen Hurts can actually run and scramble and pick up yards. And I've got Miles Sanders, who's my most you know, dynamic offensive weapon. Let's just run the football. The Saints have had 55 straight games of not allowing a 100-yard rusher. And the Eagles put up two of those performances. Not only Jalen Hurts as a starter, but also Miles Sanders. Hurts now obviously getting another starting role against the Arizona Cardinals. Big game on the road against the Eagles. Defensive line stepped up. That's been the strength of their team all year. Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, a couple sacks. Obviously, they're getting it done. But on all facets, this team just had a spark. And if we watch, that's the key. If you'd watched the Eagles this year, and you guys know I have, they just look slow and dull, and they're always a step behind and just terrible decision-making. This time, they actually had a spark. Uh, I thought Jalen Hurts had a lot of poise, composure, was able to make plays. Eagles actually pulled off a really impressive win against the New Orleans Saints. And now, listen, Philadelphia's got a shot. They're 4-8-1. and one. They have a chance, at least, of the division. And Hurts is the big reason why he gave them that chance. So now the real question, and as a Cowboys fan, I just love this a little bit. How much do those dudes hate Carson Wentz, right? Because like you said, it's, it's, it, it was way more than just Jalen being being serviceable, right? right? It was, hey, we're running the ball better than we ever had. We're blocking up front. Alshon Jeffrey got involved. C come on, somebody. Alshon Jeffrey got involved. Haven't heard his name all year. But when Jalen Hurts is involved, he just catches passes all of a sudden. I find that interesting. The defense was flying around. They were motivated. They're high-fiving on the sideline. There's something about morale and what that could do to pull your team up. And this is such a problem because Jalen Hurts is a second-round pick and Carson Wentz hasn't even gotten into his big money yet. Like he got extended and he's still in his rookie deal, the last year of his rookie deal, and he's making 30 something next year, whatever that number is. So now your question is do you go with the hot hand second round pick 
or do you go with the established veteran who might be better than Jalen Hurts? I don't know. Do you go with that dude because that's where the money is? I think this is so interesting. Uh, Rich, please give me something. Because also one more thing, one more thing too. Like Jalen Hurts started good, but towards the end of the game, Jalen Hurts started to look like a rookie a little bit, right? He started making some of those weird throws. You know, just it just broke. The Saints looked as good as the Saints defense were supposed to look. So now with that on film, with that second half on film, who do we start next week? I think yeah. it's interesting. Before you go in, Rich, Fox, to your point, I, I watched in the game and I'm thinking the Eagles are going to let this thing slip away. They had three injuries yeah. that secondary. Darius Slay was out, Roby Coleman. And you're right, Hurts was solid, but it wasn't like he put up a 300-yard passing game. It was mainly running the football. And I don't know, Rich, how sustainable it is to have a running quarterback do that much, but go ahead. Sure. I, I do think Jalen should start for the balance of the year because I want to see what he's got truly. Um, you know, I, I also want to see how he counters the counters that defenses will give him coming down the stretch. That's how he develops into a complete player as the league begins to figure it out. But let's make no bones about what's going to happen week one next season. Carson Wentz is going to be the Eagles starting quarterback. You yeah. can't sit $50 million on the bench. It just doesn't happen in this league. Yeah, in case you're just joining us, to cut Carson Wentz, we've discussed this before, it'd be $59 million against the cap. He is absolutely going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles next season. If you cut him in 2022, it's still $23 million against the cap, a little more palatable, but you guys are 100% right. Wentz is the quarterback for the rest of the season. We'd like to see what Hurts can do. If they went out, they would go 7-8-1. That might be enough to win the division, which brings us to Washington. And a team right now, they're favored to win the NFC East. They have the edge right now on the Giants and the Eagles. And Fox, this is interesting here for Washington. It's all about this D-line. I mean, Chase Young is a terror, obviously. They've been drafting well. Here's one thing. When you stink for a while, you get high draft picks. You built up that defensive line. They're a good enough defense. They not only stop the team, they create points. They get turnovers with their defense. And this is a situation where Alex Smith left the game, and it didn't really matter. Like Dwayne Haskins just didn't make mistakes. He was like 7 to 12, 59 yards. All right, no problem. They're able to win with their defense. I think they're going to win the division. But can they actually win a playoff game with that defense and having home field at least in the first round? I don't want to sound like an old man football guy, but you win in the trenches. Like, that's basically how you do it. And if you're a team with a bad offensive line, and a lot of teams have bad offensive lines, then good luck to you. Uh, that's where the Washington football team is going to eat you up. Chase Young is cool, but he's going to be ridiculous next year with the rest of those first, uh, uh, first round guys on that line, though. It's just that. I feel like I've lost a bit of playoff confidence with the Washington football team. Let me say this. And that could only be because, okay, if Daniel Jones comes back from the Giants, I feel good about that situation. You know, Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. Okay, that's a positive quarterback situation. Alex Smith ain't good, and Dwayne Haskins is worse. So you could be as good as you want to be on defense, but if your offense isn't bringing the returns back, that's a bit of a problem there. So I think the NFC East is going to be a revolving door of who's worse and who's not as bad as the other three uh not 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 really about who's good like even the cowboys can look good versus the Bengals, but they like the Bengals fumbled the ball three times because i think they were just tanking a little harder than us so that's just that but when it comes down to the washington football team man i i've lost a bit of confidence when i saw Dwayne haskins and 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 let me give props to riverboat ron right nice how clairvoyant was he how all the foresight that he had to say, you know what? I know that we put all this investment in the Haskins, but this dude can't be my quarterback. And a lot of people are like, hey, this is irrational. This is a bit quick. He was right. He was right the whole time. So um, they're just going to roll with Alex Smith and just see what happens. Yeah, I, I do think they need Alex Smith to do something in January. Uh, but I do think they get the wrong team. 
they could shock somebody, seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, that front controls the game. We saw it against the 49ers. Just absolutely controlled the game, said this is our game, and, and you know we are going to be in control here. I think it was really impressive to watch a young front congeal and come together on a relatively big stage against a you know a, a decent team in the 49ers. So yeah, I, I like you know, I like the, the the sort of thought of Washington going somewhere in the cold and and doing what you know good defenses do sort of as a change up to all of these high flying offenses that we're seeing all over the NFL. Yeah, imagine. So I think it's the matchup, ahead, though. Gotcha. Yeah, but the, speaking of the matchup, Quickly. how about if Washington's hosting the yeah. Buccaneers, your favorite Tom Brady and company in DC? That's exactly what I was gonna say. If it's like the like if the Packers don't get the first seed or something, it's something like that. Then I don't see the Washington Football Team having a chance. But if it's like Tampa Bay, if it's the Saints, if if they're playing against an old man with an <laughs> offensive line that you don't feel really good about, good luck to that old dude. I think the Washington Football Team could beat that team. All right, let's do a little boogie down here on uh, some rapid fire questions. We're just gonna do what are the chances? Thirty seconds or so. Derrick Henry, the guy's been a monster all year. What do you think, Vach? Can he hit two thousand yards rushing? Uh, he would have to rush for like 150 or so yards over the next three games or so, something like that. So he could do it. But do you really want to put that much miles on your guy like that? Like if you've paid Derrick Henry to do that, ugh, I mean, you know, good luck for the next few seasons. But can he do it? Sure. If they just hand the ball to him like they've been doing. He's getting 2K. Write it down. I love it. I love the confidence there from Rich. Uh, Kelsey's been amazing. Again, for the Chiefs, five games, at least seven receptions, 100 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Do you think, Richard, he can get the receiving title, a tight end leading all receivers in receiving yardage? I mean, I think it would be truly incredible. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know where Justin Jefferson is in the standings, and he got off to sort of a slow start. Um, so, you know, he can't win it. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams obviously is going to be there. Uh, I wonder, I, I think the sort of the multiplicity of the Chiefs attack, uh, the multiplicity of the Bucks attack, like it, it when you have so many receivers, so many pass catchers, you know, I don't like to sort of prognosticate one guy being sort of the best, getting the lion's share, even though Travis Kelsey has done so much to this point. You know, at some point, somebody's going to hold him down. But of course, when you hold Travis Kelsey down a little bit, you've got Miko Hartman, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, everybody else to contend with. I think he can do it because he got the MVP thrown the football. Go ahead. Mahomes makes a lot of things happen. And lastly, the Pittsburgh Steelers, can they win the Triple Crown? That's right. We're not talking about the Preakness and the Belmont. We're talking about, not the Kentucky Derby either, leading the NFL in sacks, points against, and tied for first in takeaways. This hasn't been done since the merger, okay? 1970. We're going way back here in the time machine, Vosh. 50 years for a defense to be that great. Sacks. Points against and takeaways. Can the steel curtain do it? Hell nah, some bad gonna happen over these next three games. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna be able to do it. What you think, Rich? The, I, I think it's the I think it's the sacks number um that it that may be what doesn't get them over the line because of the injuries to that defensive front. Richard's still got fond memories of Saxonville back in the day and multiplicity. Come on. Mouth multiplicity, a great movie with Michael Keaton. Well, this is where we're at, fellas. When it comes to week 15 of the NFL season, there's only one matchup with two teams above 500. Good news, though. We get football on Saturday. Doubleheader, look forward to that. But let's dive into New Orleans, KC. It's clearly the game of the weekend. Let's hope Drew Brees comes back because that makes it a much more tantalizing matchup, Brees versus Mahomes. But, Richard, when you're handicapping this, I know you're pro-Mahomes, pro-Chiefs. Can New Orleans pull off an upset at Arrowhead? 
I certainly think they can. That doesn't mean they will. <laughs> you know, I would I like the Chiefs. I like the fact that the Chiefs are at home. I don't like the prospect of New Orleans trying to score with them uh, over the course of a four-quarter game. I do not think the Saints defense will be able to do what anybody – like the Dolphins only held the Chiefs down a little bit because the Chiefs gave them the ball three times. I'm not going to sit here and count on three fluky turnovers from the Chiefs. And, again, three turnovers, three picks, I should say, and you still saw what happened to the Chiefs and the Dolphins on Sunday. I think the only team that can beat the Chiefs are the Chiefs this year. Now, next year, we can have that conversation later, but nobody's beating them dudes but themselves. And the only times they've been relatively in trouble is when they've done it to themselves. So I don't foresee the Saints, whether it be Drew or Taysom or Jameis, because, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't, you know, whoever it is is not going to be better than Pat in that situation. They're not going to beat Pat Mahomes in this shootout. Jameis possibly can put up more points because I keep rooting for Jameis. But uh, if it's going to be Drew, or Taysom, I don't foresee this being a thing. Alvin's going to be great. Uh, Michael's going to do Michael things, but uh, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I love that Vach is still repping famous Jameis. All right, the don't blow it game, because like I said, there's a lot of mismatches on paper. The don't blow it game, like you should win this game. Don't blow it. Vach, your pick is Indianapolis against Houston. The Texans, terrible loss against the Bears. They lost 36-7, to and you're telling the Colts, watch out, right? Well, because the Colts are in a situation where they have to win games in order to be relatively in this playoff thing, you know, and the AFC is not nice. So you kind of got to win this game. And the Houston Texans are terrible, top to bottom. Now, what makes this a weird don't blow a situation is that, you know, uh, Watson can just show up, you know, and just, you know, ruin your day. You know, he can just put up more points than you, old man, Phillip Rivers, and it could be a sad day for you. But I think uh, that the Colts will be good enough to get it done just because the Houston defense is hard horrid but we'll see what happens yeah i know it's a division game it'll probably be close by the end of it but i do think the colts will pull it out uh my pick is for chicago and minnesota both these teams are six and seven my don't blow it's to minnesota i think they're the better team than the bears trubisky and company like i said had a good game against houston but uh richard mentioned earlier actually justin jefferson what a great year he's had for the vikings he's obviously stepped it up with Kirk cousins they don't want to blow this game at home against the bears they're keeping their flickering playoff hopes alive rich your choice is Baltimore and Jacksonville, your Jags, don't blow it. It's a it's a two-sided don't blow it here, right? The Ravens need to keep winning to stay hot on the heels of the rest of the AFC uh, to get either a wild card spot or win that division. But the Jags need to lose. Don't blow it. Do what you're supposed to do on both sides here. Garden Minshew coming back. Good luck to you. They're going to beat the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Minshew, Good luck to you. Minshew Mania is going to be back. Uh, as always, check out all the hype when it comes to the rookie diaries on the zone. Chase Claypool, always an entertaining guy. Great stories about Robert Downey Jr. Uh, playing this year with Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster's chemistry with him. All the latest episodes right now are available on the zone. Second shout out of this show here on More Football for the lineup. Wesley Chang, Steven Soyos. Fantasy football coming down to the wire. Obviously, Richard and Vach both doing great in their leagues. If you need some help, you want to check out those guys. And you can always check out Richard and Vach on social media. Thanks once again to the entire team. Luisa, our production coordinator. Um, also, our producer here. He used to be a video coordinator. He's now the uh, senior content editor. It's a phenomenal job. Amit, man. Thank you so much, everybody. We're on two weeks' notice, maybe. We'll see you next time here on More Football.